Hello, everyone. This is Mariah Muhammad with Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. I am absolutely thrilled to be joined today by Sage Dental Representatives, April Cole, Senior Vice President and Chief Operating Officer, and Jim Mazzuni, Chief Development Officer, to discuss their observations in the dental industry and best, best practices for growth and innovation. April and Jim, thank you so much for being here today. How are you both? Very well, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Of course, of course. Well, with that, let's dive right into it. Uh, to get us started, uh, would you please introduce yourselves and share a bit more about your role? April, do you mind going first? Of course. My uh, name is April Cole, and I'm the Chief Operating Officer at Sage Dental, and I've been with Sage for about four and a half years. Um, prior to that, I have been in dentistry for uh, probably 30 plus years and have kind of grown up through dentistry, so to speak, um, started as a dental assistant and then uh, worked at uh, front desk, managing offices, worked for an insurance carrier, worked for another large DSO, and again, operationally moved up through the ranks to the regional vice president for that organization, and um, just have been in dentistry for a long time and find it very exciting. Wonderful. Great. Thank you so much for sharing. And Jim? Yeah, so a little bit of different background than, than April. I've been in, in dentistry for, uh, I guess, about 10 years. Uh, this is my third DSO group. I've, uh, over that period of time, have been in both uh, development roles as well as, as marketing roles. My background before that, though, was in a kind of national multi-unit retail and service businesses. So that gave me kind of a good uh, base of knowledge outside of the industry uh, as it relates to what it's like to grow a concept from a very small, perhaps regional player to a national player um, across a large uh, number of, of locations. And I think it's really helped uh, both in the marketing and the development side to kind of think about that in terms of branding and consistency and competition. Um, and it's been a great transition. I've really loved since I've been able to move from that uh, into dentistry the last uh, 10 or so years. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for giving us that background. As you both know, dental practices in DSO share many of the pain points that the broader healthcare industry is facing today, uh, such as staffing sh uh, shortages and stagnant reimbursements. Um, April, in your view, what are the top one or two challenges unique to dentistry right now? And have you seen these challenges evolve during your time in the field? So, I mean, I think the, the top challenges, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, staff shortages and and finding and retaining great talent. It's always been a challenge. I think post COVID, uh, it has definitely become increasingly more challenging. Uh, you know that there were a lot of hygienists, some of the doctors post COVID that, that have decided to take a different career path. So obviously that is definitely is a challenge. And I think it, it's always going to continue to be a challenge, right? I mean, everybody wants to find and retain great people and, and talented people. So we've, we've really had to be very creative in our offers and when we're talking to people and understanding what it is that they want, whether it, you know, there's a lot less people who want to work five days a week than previously, right? So you have to fill full-time roles with two part-time people and you need to be innovative and creative and, and possibly it's, you know, with some of their benefits or bonus structures um, and kind of uh, look at everybody. It's not the one size fits all approach that we had previously, like post COVID, this was our offer and this is what we did. Uh, I think post COVID, you have to be a little bit more creative with that. 
Um, and then obviously as well, spending time making sure that once you get those good candidates that you retain them, right? And people are working in a good environment and cultures yeah, that you have a good culture, a strong culture, and you know, and that's always challenging. And it's always something that you have to work work on. Uh, I think another thing that that is uh, challenging right now is keeping up with emerging technologies, right? And making those technologies work for the providers and the patients. You know, again, when I'm talking to my teams, you know, we don't want to be stuck back in the 1980s. Everybody's jobs have evolved, and there's new tool tools and technology that that people are able to use to make their jobs easier and more exciting. And there's certainly that technology out there for dentistry and we need to embrace it and um, look forward to it, right? And, and instead of you know, doing things the same, the same way we've done it for years and years and years. Yeah, thank you so much for that insight. And conversely, what are some of the biggest opportunities for dental practices and DSOs? Do you think that there are any areas that are for ripening right now and in innovation in the next few years and also why? Yeah, I think that some of the biggest opportunities are, are is definitely to integrate AI, you know, so we can have a more consistent diagnosis and build trust with patients. You know, the medical field uses AI all the time to help look at x-rays and all different aspects of their field, right? Um, vision uses it uh, when they do a lot of those surgeries, eye surgeries, different things like that. And so we really need to embrace AI as we move forward as well in dentistry. And, and I think it's it would, would hopefully um, over time increase the value that uh, we bring in patients' eyes, right? They come in and they'll be kind of wowed over, wow, look at this and, and how much dentistry has advanced and build some value and trust with the patients. Um, and I also think there's a real opportunity to streamline the patient experience through AI and self-services, you know, being able to schedule online payments, billing questions, um, you know, in, in, in today's age, everybody wants it now, you know, Amazon is same day delivery and you're going to see that evolve more and more over time. And, and I, I really do think that, you know, we need to continue to streamline and improve the patient experience. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I've been hearing a lot about, you know, strengthening the the customer experience. And I'm glad that that's, you know, a focal point right now. Um, Jim, if I could hop over to you for just a second. Um, as you know, Sage Dental recently opened its 100th practice, which is absolutely incredible. Um, not many people can say that. Can you share how your organization has cultivated its approach to growth and development? And at a high level, what are the strategies here? Yeah, I think one of the things that's unique about Sage is that most of the executive team has fairly significant experience in the industry across multiple DSOs. And so I think we bring to the kind of the strategic planning process a lot of experience collectively about things that work, things that don't work. And all of us kind of came to Sage at different points, but generally when Sage was small enough that we could construct a business concept, mostly from scratch. And so, you know, there's a, there's a, a number of things that, that kind of have resulted from that. For one thing, uh, we're basically 50-50 de novo in acquisitions. There's certainly a lot of groups out there that are 100% acquisitions. There's a handful of groups, uh, some fairly large ones that are 100% de novo. There are much fewer groups that uh, kind of try to do both at the same time because they're so obviously slightly different. They require different organizational resources, different kind of strategic approaches. 
But because we're branded, uh, which is obviously another differentiation point in terms of whether each group decides to be branded or, or non-branded or individually branded, then when we do our acquisitions, they still have to fit within the basic core model of what Sage is. And so, you know, our practices are a particular size. We don't currently own specialty practices. Uh, we're a big believer that you bring the specialist to the practice, to the patient, not refer the patient out uh, to the specialist. So that requires a certain amount of equipment, that requires a certain amount of build out, that requires a certain amount of education and training in terms of uh, of our clinical staff. Uh, and then there has to be some consistency in terms of how they look, uh, what the everything from the decor to the build out to the location to the co-tenants uh, that you're in. And so I would say that really what's kind of key to SAGE is that we try to be really, really disciplined, uh, even geographically. You know, we started in South Florida, we've moved into Georgia, we're now uh, in the process of of moving into Tennessee, we're not jumping all over the country. It's really important for us uh, to understand what our model is and be really disciplined and organized in terms of, of how we expand it. And I think that's what's allowed us to be successful fairly quickly um, with very few missteps so far. Yeah, absolutely. That is incredible. And with Sage Nittles, you know, success and, you know, your own experience, if you could give one piece of advice to dental organizations seeking to grow um, and or address some of the key issues we've discussed here today, what would you say to that? I think that uh, sometimes the patient gets lost in the strategic process. Clearly, there's underserved populations in the United States, generally in, in rural areas, in some lower income communities. But in most of the areas where groups are growing, uh, there's, a, there's actually competitive surplus of dental offices. And so I think that anybody who wants to grow, it has to go beyond just kind of what's the financial return if we invest this capital, what do we think uh, we can get uh, from that investment? It has to go beyond just what kind of doctors can we recruit? Can we retain them? Do we have equity programs? Do we have other kinds of incentives to try to kind of keep them long-term? There also has to be some kind of articulation for why us, for the patient. Maybe this is because I, I spent a long time in other concepts before I came into dentistry. But I think the one thing that the entire industry would really benefit more from, and April kind of hit on this earlier, is really talking about, okay, how can we create a better concept for the patient? I think if you can answer that question positively, whether it's, whether it's uh, equipment, whether it's things like AI, whether it's uh, additional CE, whether it's additional services that, that maybe historically we haven't offered, whether it's convenience, whether it's uh, you know, appointment setting um, uh, on apps or online or whatever, whatever that combination of things uh, is, I, I would suggest that everybody needs to articulate that and then go out and execute that at 100%. And if they do that, I think they have a good chance of being successful. Excellent, excellent advice. Um, before I let you go, Jim, in April, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? No, I mean, I, I do think that the one thing on the horizon is as the, the dental space continues to consolidate, that, you know, a huge challenge is going to be, you know, continuing to hold and drive a healthy culture, right? Because as you grow and, and you're, you're adding offices, you need to make sure that your core values stay intact. Um, and I've seen it in other big DSOs where, where you know, it can kind of get lost in the, in the further, the larger you grow and the further away the manager is from the like executive team and sees and sees us living and breathing that culture. I think sometimes it, it tends to not be as strong 
Um, and so that's one of the things that as we grow this company stage, you know, we're going to be, be very mindful of, um, because again, if, if you have employees uh, that are treated well and motivated, you know, they can do what they do best and that's deliver exceptional patient care. And so that's something that we're really, really going to focus on as we, as we move forward. Yeah. And I would say, I think April is exactly right. Culture, retention, uh, becoming a, an optimal place to, to stay and grow and thrive uh, for both your clinical and your operational team. I talked before about uh, putting patient outcomes front and center, really understanding how your group is, is improving those outcomes. And I think, you know, realistically, this uh, the industry is only going to get more complicated. Payer negotiations are only going to get more difficult, more complicated. The, um, the new technology that's coming in that requires capital that requires education, that requires rollout plans. Um, I, I think, you know, you kind of look at what the transition over the last, what, 10, 15 years has been in terms of, you know, maybe focus on removables. Now it's on implants. So now implants requires a completely different process, different technology, different training, different education. And there's going to be more things like that coming in the future. So I think that uh, for each group, we've got to kind of figure out as the industry gets more complicated, how do we streamline it, simplify it, and then provide services uh, for the practices that makes the business uh, easier at the same time that the industry might be getting more complicated. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that insight, both of you. And thank you again for your time and a great discussion today. And I'd also like to thank Sage Dental for sponsoring this episode. You can also tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com. Thank you so much. Thank you.